The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. On the Jordan Harbinger Show, you'll hear amazing stories from people that have lived them, from spies to CEOs, even an undercover agent who infiltrated the Gambino crime family. You're about to hear a preview of The Jordan Harbinger Show with Jack Garcia, who did just that. My career was 24 out of 26 years, was solely dedicated working undercover. I walk in, I'm in the bar. Now there's a barmaid there, good looking young lady. She's serving me drink. Hey, what would you like? I usually, my drink was, give me a kettle, one martini, three olives, glass of water on the side. I finish the drink, the guys come in, I'm gonna go, go in my pocket, take out the big wad of money, Bam, I give her $100. If you're with the mob, I say, hey, Jordan, you're on record with us. That means we protect you. Nobody could shake you down. We could shake you down, but you're on record with us. For more on how Jack became so trusted in the highest levels of the Gambino organization, check out episode 392 of The Jordan Harbinger Show. This is The Jesse Kelly Show. Can you feel it in the air on a Friday? It is The Jesse Kelly Show, and it is the Ask Dr. Jesse version of The Jesse Kelly Show, as we do every single Friday. It's, look, I can't make you many promises today, except you're going to have fun. But you're going to have fun 
after the history story today. We'll get to that in a moment. Your Ask Dr. Jesse questions are so good. Patriotism. Somebody wants to know, is it patriotism? Are we losing our religion? What is it? What is the main thing? Someone else wants to know why Germany lost World War II. Another guy thinks it's about about to pop off the Civil War if these leftist DAs keep throwing the book at people on the right and not people on the left. I I have offensive comments for all of these subjects, don't worry, and many, many more. But first, and remember, I don't do this very often. And I always do a show you can listen to with your kids. Today's show will not be an exception to that up to a point. And what I mean by that is this. It's going to be a very heavy, very dark history story today before we get into all kinds of fun Ask Dr. Jesse stuff. And I'm not going to try to lighten this story up. I'm going to give it to you directly. It is, we are going to be talking about violence against women and kids, and it's just one of the darkest stories I've ever read. I do this story. I'm going to try to do it once a year because I think it's that important. I think it is that important for people to know, but it is tough. It is going to be tough. So as you know, I don't, I don't need you to go turn the, the, the radio off. But if you have small kids who aren't quite ready to handle this, just you've been warned, okay? If you fast forward through the first 45 minutes to an hour of the show, I will understand today. That's if you do it on podcast. If you're one of our great affiliates and you're listening to this live, well, you're stuck, aren't you? 1942 in Poland. The situation on the ground, just an overall 30,000-foot view situation on the ground in Europe was this. If it's 1942 and you, you don't know anything about World War II, how it ends, you don't know anything else, you're just, it's 1942 and you're given a, a situation report for how things are on the ground. Okay, you have the Allies, they're doing this, and America's doing this, and Britain's doing this, and Germany's doing that. You're probably betting on Germany to win the war. Uh, this was about the year it kind of turned. I mean, depending on what time in 1942, but up up to this point, all you've really seen is, wait a minute, so Germany, okay, they took Poland, I get that. Oh, wow. They took France, really? Oh, geez, okay, I didn't see that. All right. Wait a minute, they're invading the Soviet Union? That's insane. Oh, oh, they're wiping out entire Soviet armies and a huge Soviet army. Oh, my gosh. Okay. And then you're looking at the Pacific, and Japan has really taken the lead up to this point in the war. They have this huge perimeter of defense, all these islands fortified. Anytime that there's been any pushback, people have been losing. Right now, this is this is the final year. The Axis is looking good. Really, by the end of this, it's, it's pretty much over for them. But you're not... You're not sure where to bet. I'll put it to you that way if you're betting on a winner and a loser if you're given that war. And part of that process was, well, Germany, when you've taken over this much stuff and you're looking around too at all the stuff you have, you're going to start preemptively turning the places you've taken over 
and to the type of places you would like to live in. And it, it is, it's, it's just so twisted when you deal with somebody like Adolf Hitler. And I should say, it's a quick side note, it's so weird how many people think you have to, you know, virtue signal and act how, act like you hate Adolf Hitler so much. When look, you could just hate him normally because he's a freaking demon. But there's, I see this so much out there. It's so weird. Oh, Hitler was the worst. Yeah, I know Hitler was really bad. We get it. You're being a little, you're being a little dramatic. I, I got it. But really, he was obviously the worst and evil. But he was so committed to this racial thing. This was not just something he talked about to gain power. Lots of people use race to gain power. You see that in America today. That's, that's not abnormal. He was absolutely committed. He wanted these Jews gone. And he had taken over places like Poland. And they still had a huge war effort going on. And so th- this was Hitler's basic plan at this point in time. Yes, he had these concentration camps in various places. Lots of the concentration camps, at least the early ones, were, don't get me wrong, the the treatment was just unbelievable, and Jews were dying all the time, but lots of them were considered to be work camps. You wanted something done. You really wanted the men. You wanted the Jewish men there because men are stronger and can work harder, and you're going to work them to death. They're slave labor to you, but you're getting something out of it. So he's still 1942. He's killing lots of Jews. Don't get me wrong. Killing them everywhere. But it's more of a herding process at this time. He's herding Jews all over Poland into ghettos, into portions of a city. And Warsaw isn't the only time, the only place this happened. This happened everywhere. You take all the Jews in an area. You take one rundown corner of a city. It was always the worst corner of a city. And you stuff all the Jews in there so it's way overcrowded. And then they would build huge walls. I mean, you can go look at them. It's something people don't think about. They build these huge walls. It looks like something out of a a science fiction movie. They just have walled off streets. Nope, Jews aren't allowed out of here. You, You have to stay in this ghetto. And the conditions in these ghettos were unspeakable. Because there wasn't enough food. There, wasn't enough, there weren't enough medical supplies. You can watch documentaries, and I have, about stories where people will die, and you, you can't, there's no way to facilitate getting rid of the dead, but you can't let them stay there. So you would just take your dead loved ones and just go throw them out on the sidewalk, and they would have carts going around every day. It's awful. I mean, just awful stuff. And, and their clothes, because people were freezing to death, and the clothes are worth money. You would, uh, your relative, think about this, your relatives, they die, you have to chuck them out on the sidewalk like yesterday's trash and steal their clothes because you need it for your family to eat. So that's the condition on the ground in the ghettos. We are not necessarily early in the war at a position of death camps. Now, they were still dying in the camps, but they weren't, they weren't at this point committed to just exterminating 6 million. They wanted to kill most of them, but whatever. But let's work them first. And, and they're still kind of working on this half, well, maybe we can deport them mindset. They just doesn't want the Jews and his, and his empire that he thinks he's building. All right, so 1942. You've taken over Poland, if you're Germany. And the way militaries work, and of course the Germans were no different, the way militaries work is... I know you're going to find this shocking. You put your best troops doing the toughest, most dangerous missions, and you put your worst troops in areas where they aren't that important. 
Well, Poland in 1942 for Germany was not that important. It was conquered. It was taken over. We have moved on. We're over there killing all the Jews in, in Russia now. And so what are you going to do? You can't, you can't leave the area unoccupied. There are still resistance forces going on everywhere. You need people to try to manage the Jews. You're building trains, trucking them to death camps, herding them into ghettos. But you don't, you don't need your crack troops for this. Your crack troops have to be taking on the Red Army and the Soviet Union, right? So what they did was they found reservists. Specifically, what we're talking about today is Nazi Reserve Police Battalion 101. Who were these guys? Well, they were you. I'll explain in a second. The Talk Radio Revolution. Jesse Kelly. Here's a review from Carrie B. Love my thunderstorms. I ordered two, and I cannot begin to express my delight. My condo smells fresh every day. Really has made a tremendous difference with my allergies. I highly recommend this product. It's not just me. People are talking about the Eden Pure Thunderstorm. This thing is awesome. It uses sonic technology that produces what they call super oxygen. It purifies the air. This thing kills. It's, it's not just good for allergies. You know that, right? This thing kills viruses. This thing kills bacteria. It kills and prevents the spread of mold and fungus and mildew anywhere in your home. We're not even just talking about allergies. Go. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. That's EdenPureDeals.com. Make sure you use the code word JESSE when you do that. Code word JESSE. That actually gets you 10 bucks off. Jesse Kelly. Back soon. It is a tough job being Jesse the Oracle Kelly, but nevertheless, here on an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday, I will tackle the tough issues after this very, very rough history story we're going through today. Somebody wants me to rank these five bands, The Doors, Leonard Skinner, Rolling Stone, Aerosmith, and Black Sabbath. Somebody wants to know, is America, is the problem patriotism or religion? And many, many, many other great Ask Dr. Jesse questions. You can still send in yours. 877-377-4373. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Oh, it's going to be a great day. Let's get back into our story. Again, just a warning. This is heavy. It is ugly. It is dark. It is necessary. I will do this show at least. I'm going to try to start doing it once a year. I will, just like I did this time, give you a warning ahead of time, a a day or two prior and on the day of, because this one may be a little much if the kids are too young or if you're the squeamish type. But it's necessary. We are not going to be the people who hide from reality. 
Nazis have control of Poland. It's 1942. Poland is peaceful, but you're still having to handle the Jews. You're you're killing them. Yes, don't get me wrong. They're killing them by the thousand, but they're it's not a mass extermination effort at this point. It's a let's corral them all into ghettos and work camps effort at this point. And they start to decide they're going to start being more aggressive with this whole thing. Well, who do you have in Poland? Who are your troops? They're not your shock troops, your best troops. You're going to take your worst troops. They had reservists. You know, just like today, National Guard, one weekend a month, two weeks out of the year. Those guys are fine. That's fine. But those are not your best troops. My goodness, you have other other units out there, full-time units, wake up and eat, sleep, and train 365 days a year. And then the guy comes in one weekend a month. Who do you think is your good troops? Well, the Nazis had Reserve Police Battalion 101. Just know this was 500 men. And who were they? They were you. They were me. These were not young 18, 19-year-old Germans ready to die for for the Fuhrer and the fatherland. These were middle-aged married dudes with careers back home. Some of them owned shops. Some of them were farmers. Some of them, they were just, they were you and me. Job held down. You're in the German Army Reserves. This crazy new freaking guy who's in charge is declaring war. Okay, I guess... Honey, did you, I got the letter in the mail. I guess I'm being called up. We're gonna, I don't know what we're going to do. Oh, wow, we're invading a lot of stuff. I wonder where we're going to end up. What's that? We have to go to Poland? I mean, okay. What, what, are you, what are we doing here? Oh, just monitoring some Jews and stuff? Okay, whatever. That's, these were not card-carrying Nazis. They were not. They were just dudes like you or me. Well, they get word one day. They get word that they're to go to a village called Josephow. What are they supposed to do there? Well, this came as quite a shock to these men. Because, again, these are just reserve policemen. Their, their job is just watching out for things. There would be a, a guard at a, a base somewhere. Nothing else. They get word they're supposed to go to this village called Josephow, Jewish village, They're supposed to take all the men out of there and march them off for slave labor. Okay, no big deal. And they get told they are to kill all the old people, all the women, and all the children. Now remember this. These guys are you and me. They look around just like you and I would do right away and say, wait, what? Kill women and children? What are you talking about? What? What do you mean, kill women and children? The commander of this unit, Major Trapp, wept, was sick to his stomach about it. He, he, he said, well, wait, what? I don't like this. This is, we can't. But you're in the military. You've been given an order from the high command to go kill all these people. Major Trapp is so against going in and killing these Jews that he lines up his 500 men and tells them, we have to go kill all these Jews. Men are getting marched off, women and kids and old people. We're going to go execute them today. And anybody who doesn't want to do this, who doesn't feel right about doing this, you are allowed totally free right now to step up and not go. Who doesn't want to go? Five 
500 men stand there in formation in line. 500 men. How many do you think stepped forward and said, I don't want to go murder kids that day? 10. 10 men. And I don't want you to think, because we have all these interviews with these guys after, I don't want you to think the 490 men were standing there and looking at each other saying, oh, nice, I can't wait to shoot some women today. Oh, it's going to be so fun to kill kids. If you believe these interviews after, and most people do because they all say the same thing, the men were in anguish, absolute anguish. Like I said, these are not nutbags, did not want to do this at all. But when it came time to get on the trucks and head on into Josephow, 490 men grabbed their rifles and got on those trucks to walk into, to, to ride into Josephow. Right off the bat, they round up the men. Unsurprisingly, they wanted the men gone first. They round up the men and begin to march the men off. That's going to be important in a second. They're marching the men off. Then they're starting to clear out the town. And I want, I want to put you here for a second. Clearing out a town. Picture a small village, okay? If you're yelling, you're going to come in, bullhorn, screaming, get out in the town square, get out of your home, you have to get out now, and you're grabbing the men and hauling them off. Different people in that town are going to react in different ways. Different people are going to move at different paces based on how fast they want to move, based on their physical ability. We're already seeing some shooting at this point in time. You, old lady, you're not moving fast enough. Pow, you're dead. And the people in the village are seeing this because this is done up close and personal. So now they're getting more and more scared. They don't know what's coming. They haven't experienced anything like this up to this point. You and I, with 2020 hindsight, are probably sitting here going, no, these guys are Nazis. What? Now, obviously, these guys hated Nazis. The Jews did, but they didn't know we were going for mass extermination right now. So people are hauling out. People are screaming. Kids are crying. Think about this moment. I know it's hard. Think about the moment your kid is holding onto your leg saying, Mom, I don't want to go. Who are these men? What does that feel like? And if you're one of the executioners, if you're one of these middle-aged family men in Reserve Police Battalion 101, what are you thinking, wife, couple, kids back home, not a card-carrying Nazi, and you're looking at a young mother, maybe a kid, maybe two kids, holding on to her, crying? The men were not doing well mentally. The men of Reserve Police Battalion, they were not doing well at all. Men had, men had started already approaching their commanders. Major Trapp, the guy in charge of the unit, he didn't even go into Josephow. He stayed out. Supposedly he sat in a building and wept. So the other men in charge, they were getting starting to get approached now by some of those 490 guys who didn't volunteer earlier but really wanted to. And these guys are saying, uh, uh, do you think I could maybe go do something else? I don't want to do any of the shooting. I don't feel comfortable doing this. Can you uh, – uh, you need someone to guard the trucks, right? I'll guard the trucks or you need somebody to stay back. And they are letting some of them out of that. Some of them appear to be threatened though. No, do your duty or you'll get shot with the Jews. What happened next? Well, buckle up. And don't forget we have Lee Smith coming up next hour. Hang on. 
Jake's Mint Chew is how you're going to quit dipping. I know what you're going through. I know what it's like to get to that point in your life where you're thinking about it and you're saying to yourself, oh, man, I got to quit. That's a tough place to be because you know what's, what lays ahead of you, it's going to be rough. Jake's Mint Chew is going to make it easier. Just take it from me. I, I tried the stupid patch. I tried bubble gum, sunflower seeds. That really worked out well. Nothing worked. Jake's Mint Chew, what it does, it allows you to keep dipping. Only you're not putting anything in your mouth that's bad for you because it's tobacco-free and it's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. Go find out what I'm talking about. Go to Jake's Mint Chew.com. I highly recommend you check out the CBD pouches, by the way. Jakesmintchew.com. Use the promo code JESSE at checkout for 20% off. It is the Jesse Kelly Show today, 877-377-4373, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Don't forget, you can find me on social media. I'm on Twitter, at jessekellydc, on Twitter and Instagram. I'm on Facebook, and I'm on Locals. That's the one I can't be kicked off of. All right, back to our heavy, heavy story before we go into your great and sometimes heavy ass Dr. Jesse questions today. The men have been rounded up in the Polish village of Josephow. They're marching off. The men of Police Reserve Battalion 101. They gather up men, or they gather up the women and kids. Many of the elderly are shot because they move too slow, so many of them are just flat out shot in the village. It's funny, they did interviews with these guys after, and they couldn't hardly find anyone who admitted to shooting an old person in the village or one of the kids later on. Nevertheless, they start loading these people up in groups into trucks. And one of the things, one of the things that we've talked, we've talked about this before, one of the things that made Germany so terrible with what they did in World War II was frankly how good they were at it. Remember, ideologically, I mean, on the evil scale, there's no difference between a, a card-carrying Nazi and a member of ISIS. Nevertheless, you'll forget about ISIS in about 15 minutes from now, and we'll still be talking about Nazi Germany 100 years from now. Why? The Germans were better at it. They wanted to kill all the people in this village. The Germans don't just show up and say, well, all right, I guess we'll kill some people. The Germans showed up, and they, have, of course, had a system in place. They wanted them taken to separate locations so as not to scare them too badly. Okay, so we're going to take uh, 10, 20 Jews over here. And then, Franz, we need you to take another 10, 20 Jews at least three miles this way so they can't see the dead bodies on your way as you're driving them over there. They take them out. Keep in mind, as I described, many of the men didn't want to do this. Many are being asked to not have to do this. Some of them even hid out in the town where they had just cleared. You know, just, uh, I have to go back in this building, boss, and then never come back out and sit there and hope it all goes away. They are taught the best way to shoot them. 
put them on their knees. They wanted the bayonet in the, in the shoulder blades and then shoot them. They thought it would be an instant death and not as messy. We'll get to that in a moment. Again, this is heavy, but it mattered a lot. The men are assigned a Jew per man. And we are talking women and kids. Most didn't admit to doing the children. Some, though, some, though, openly admitted that's what they preferred. Now, what, why, would you, why would you prefer? They asked him. You want to know what he said? Said he considered it an act of mercy because the child wasn't going to have parents anymore. Now, they start shooting. These are not, again, this is, these are you and me. It's just normal middle-aged dudes, family. They've never done this before. These guys have never seen combat. Almost none of them had ever seen combat. These guys have never fired their weapons in anger, and now you're executing women and children. So these are not hardened men. Some of them... Their hands are shaking so badly, they're half missing with their shots and wounding the people they're shooting terribly. Some of them are closing their eyes and missing completely. Some are hitting places on the body they shouldn't be hitting. I'm not going to go into more, any more details on that. And it's making a big mess. The reason I bring that up is that's freaking out everyone else who's there. Picture this horrible moment. Now, you want to talk about horrible moments? Remember the men of the village who got rounded up and marched off? They're starting to hear this in the distance, this shooting, and they're knowing what's happening to their women, their kids. Think how that feels. Your wife and kids rounded up, taken off. You're getting marched off, and you hear shooting in the distance. Some of the men simply collapsed with with anguish, with anguish. Now, here's where you get to another interesting part of the human mind. Some of the men freak out and can't handle it. They do, many of the men, it seems like, do one or two, and they're just done. Their nerves are shot. They can't do it. One guy's out wandering around the forest by himself, scared, and he didn't know what he was scared of. He just couldn't handle it anymore. Some, though, some take right to it. Some pick it up quickly. And the ones who pick it up quickly are encouraging others to pick it up quickly. When the day's done, all the Jews are dead. They go back to the barracks that night, and they are a mess, an absolute mess. Apparently, they got just trashed drunk. They wouldn't hardly eat anything but trying to cover up that pain. Smoking cigarettes and hammering booze. But they weren't done. They just didn't know it yet. They were quickly called to a village called Lamazi, where they shot all the old people on sight. Anyone moving too slow? This time, the German high command promised them, hey, we're sorry we made you do all that by yourself that time. We're going to bring in help. And let's pause here for a moment. The German high command, again, they were so diabolically evil and planned about it. It's what made them terrible. Many of the German troops fighting for Germany in World War II were just German troops, young patriotic Germans fighting for their country. Germany knew it didn't have an entire society of murdering anti-Semitic monsters. 
So that's why they had things like the Einsatzgruppen. The Einsatzgruppen was a separate unit of Nazi murderers that was attached to every military unit. So you send your Marines, Army in, hey, take this location. Oh, good. All right, you guys can move off now. The Einsatzgruppen is going to secure the location once you're gone. And they come in and handle doing the murder. You see what I mean? The German high command knew that some men were for this and some men were very much not for this. And they knew that this last event at Josephal was tough on their guys. So they said, hey, we, we have help coming your way. There were these guys called the Hewees. They were Soviet Ukrainian POWs, but they had a knack for murder and a desire for murder. They bring the Hewees in to help with this next village. Only this time the men start drinking before the shooting even begins. They start digging mass graves in this place. Three straight walls on one side and then a ramp on the other side. They march 1,700 Jews out to this spot, and they repeat what they did last time. I'm going to spare you most of the details. I think one event is all all the details I need to give you on that. It's a bloody, disgusting mess, but one thing you need to take from this second place is it was easier the second time. Some men the second time enjoyed it. Many did not. Some were starting to enjoy this whole thing. Now, this keeps happening and keeps happening. One of the main jobs now of Reserve Police Battalion is emptying those Jewish ghettos we talked about in the beginning, emptying them out. How do you empty them out? Well, you lead them down to the trains And you train them off to newer concentration camps, places like Treblinka. Now, all concentration camps were not the same. Now, don't get me wrong. They were all horrible, murderous disasters. But like I said, early in the war, many of the concentration camps, while there was still a lot of mass death there, they were really work camps. Germany was trying to supplement its economy with the Jewish slave labor. Places like Treblinka... They were not work camps. We are now advancing to a point in the war. They're death camps. How's that go? We'll finish up this story, and then it's time for some fun Ask Dr. Jesse questions. Hang on. Is he smarter than everyone? Who knows? Does he think so? Yeah. The Jesse Kelly Show. I don't ever have to worry about my gear. Well, let me clarify. I don't ever have to worry about my gear failing. I worry about my gear all the time, as in I'm always buying new stuff from Northwest Retention Systems. But one thing I know, and I've seen this. I want you to understand I've seen this up close. I know it was up close because it was on my hip. I've seen the drawing of a weapon, the holster staying on the weapon, and the belt clip staying on the belt. That's right. When it mattered most, the holster failed. Don't ever experience that in a situation that can cost you your life. You 
Take the time to carry concealed. So carry concealed with the right custom-made American gear at Northwest Retention Systems. Go to nwretention.com. That's nwretention.com. Use the promo code JESSE for 10% off. Jesse Kelly show, man. I promise it's about to lighten up considerably here once we get through this story. Look, we have to get through this story. All right. We have to. We're going to talk to Lee Smith in just a little bit. He is going to talk to us about Russiagate and why Russiagate is so important to what you're seeing now. You know, Lee Smith is that great author. He's also a columnist for the Epic Times. Why Russiagate matters so much. So I want you to pay attention to that. Remember, the FBI used bad information to get a warrant to spy on an American citizen. Lee Smith has some info for us. That's coming up about 40 minutes from now. And you're asked Dr. Jesse questions as I, as I finish up my story here about Reserve Police Battalion 101. Treblinka is now up and running. Treblinka, it's not even really fair to call it a concentration camp. It's a death camp. It was made for death. That's the one purpose it had, death. And Jewish producer Chris and I were talking about this during the break of, uh, I don't understand why, why kill everyone now? Like, why is it just mass death now, no matter what? And honestly, that, that's one of, if not the most evil thing I've ever heard of before. From what I gather, from what I can get from it, from the stuff I read and, and stuff I watch on it, it just seemed like it was, uh, hey, I think we're going to lose the war anyway. Let's make sure we kill all the Jews on the way out type thing, which is so evil. It's hard for somebody to wrap their mind around. You know I'm a bad person, right? I mean, we've gone over this. I, I'm a sociopath, and even I look at that, and it's just it almost makes me sick with horror. How could you be that evil? But that's how they were. Well, how were these Jews getting out of the ghettos and onto the trains and off to the death camps? The men of Reserve Police Battalion 101. They were rounding them up in mass, throwing them on trains and sending them to their death. And don't think for one moment the men didn't know Treblinka was a death camp. We have those interviews too. They absolutely knew they were sending men, women, and children off to their death. In case you were curious, no, they're not done with the shootings personally. Now they are regularly shooting Jews. It's not affecting anyone anymore. They're completely dispassionate about it. Town after town, ghetto after ghetto, they're clearing them out, shooting many, loading the rest onto trains. And these guys, remember about 15 minutes ago when they were just you and me? Well, now these guys are mass murderers. One Polish region, they liquidated with their firearms over 30,000. This 500-man unit, do you know how many Jews they personally killed? 500 men. 83,000. Do the math on that. 
Major Trapp, in case you're wondering. He was the guy in the beginning who was against all this and crying, but obviously ended up participating like everyone else. Got to earn that paycheck, right? Got to follow orders. He and another guy were found guilty after the war and executed for war crimes trials. A couple other guys did small stints in prison for the most part, though. These 500 men waltzed right back into German society and put on that accountant uniform, worked for that law office, ran that small business candy shop up the road, and lived the rest of their days that way. Chris said till Mossad found him. I have no doubt Mossad found some of these guys. I have no doubt about that. The lesson from this is this. And again, thanks for staying with me. I know this is a bit darker and this is heavy and terrible. And I wanted to express how terrible it was without bathing in it. I mean, I really could have gone into more detail, especially about the second stuff. But I just, you don't need that. You, you get the picture of it. What you need to take from this today, this is not a World War II story. This is not even a story about Germany or Nazis. It's not a story about Jews. This is a story about human nature. These were ordinary men, which is why the book is titled Ordinary Men. And you know I've recommended it a thousand times on this show. Allow me to recommend it again. And I don't have, I mean, I don't have some special relationship with the author or any of this stuff like that. It's just the best book on human nature I've ever read in my life. I want you to understand something and understand it very well. Don't think for a second as you look around at the thin veneer of civilization around you, as they call it. Don't think for a second. The people in this country, in your own country, are incapable of doing the worst things in the history of the world just because they're American or just because they seem, quote, normal or ordinary. This is what men will do. Men who are in charge, men who have power over other men, do terrible things regularly to other men. When I give you these warnings all the time about tyranny, this is why I warned about it, because this is what it looks like on the other end of it. Hang on. Your daughter doesn't want to talk about why her room is a horrible mess. Your son doesn't want to talk about why he's wearing mismatching socks. Your spouse doesn't want to talk about their bad haircut. Families don't have to talk about everything, but they should talk to plan for an emergency. Pack basic supplies in a go bag, water, canned food, flashlights, batteries, medical supplies, IDs, and some cash. Talk about where you'll meet in case you lose one another. And of course, don't forget to pack the dog treats. Talk to your family and make an emergency plan. Go to nyc.gov slash readyny or call 311 to make your family's emergency plan. Brought to you by New York City Emergency Management and the Ad Council.
It is the Jesse Kelly Show on an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday, 877-377-4373. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Do not, do not make the mistake of thinking men like Reserve Police Battalion 101 are monsters. They are, don't get me wrong, but they're men. Flesh and blood and fingers and toes and heart and hair men, just like you, just like me, just like that neighbor of yours. This is human nature, and it's ugliest. Let us resolve to make sure that never happens here. We have fun questions now. Let's lighten it up and have some fun on an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Kelly Show. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and it is going to be a fun day from now on. That's enough of that. That is enough of that. I warned you a couple days ahead of time that that story was going to be tough. 877-377-4373, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Do not miss Lee Smith in about 24 minutes from now talking about Russiagate and why it matters so much. But... Let us get to your Ask Dr. Jesse questions now. First and foremost, Dr. J. Steele. I love that, Chris. What? You don't, that's because you don't have a great middle name that you gave yourself like I did. Dr. J. Steele, I wanted to compliment you on your taste in movies in regards to Quigley Down Under. Truly an awesome movie. In your face, Chris, he says. <laughs> and very underrated. Secondly, in a couple of shows back, you mentioned how the commies didn't display the American flag at their convention until shamed into doing so. You stated that this lack of patriotism is what's bringing the country down. While I completely understand that sentiment, I maintain that this nation as a whole is turning its back on America's religious foundation, leaving the creator in order to follow more enlightened paths. The lack of patriotism, among other traditional beliefs, is simply a symptom or byproduct of that. My opinion only, what say you? Keep doing what you do, and as always, stay handsome. Well, I completely agree. I completely agree, and I don't think it's arguable. I think you're stupid if you don't acknowledge that. doesn't mean you have to adhere to a specific religion, not mine or Chris's or anyone else's, but nations 
every nation and tribe in the history of the world has had a religion. That's not an accident. It's not an accident at all. It's part of the cultural foundation. It is the cultural institution. Your nation's religion, your nation's predominant religion, and atheism counts, by the way, your nation's predominant religion is the sun in your nation's universe. Everything rotates around it. Everything is based on it. Your laws are based on it. The values of your culture are based on it. Like I said, even if you don't participate in it, you know I don't preach, nor would I be, nor would I be qualified to do so. But that is simply a fact. Uh, Saudi Arabia, Islam is going to matter there, period. Their laws are based off of Islam. The things their culture values, the things their culture doesn't value, they're based off of Islam. And that is necessary for a, the strength of a nation. Chris's people, Israel, I just, and Chris isn't Israeli, but you know what I mean. I'm talking about Jews. Israel, though, in all seriousness, Judaism, it all revolves around that. Their laws are based on that. Their people, their values, even the non-practicing Jews, and there are a bunch of non-practicing Jews there, their culture still is pointed that way. That's why it's critical. It's not something... Look, even let's say, and I'm sure there, because there are so many people listening, there are undoubtedly some people who are probably some atheists out there. That's fine. You believe what you want to believe. But history, of which I know you're a fan or you wouldn't be listening to my voice right now, history says it is a necessary part of a nation. Yeah, Chris said down to what they eat. Yeah, that's everybody, really. It governs, it is the sun in your nation's universe. And us losing ours. It's not something, it's everything. It's absolutely everything. And look, a lot of that's a lot of that's our own fault. A lot of that yeah, you can blame a lot of that on the commies for intentionally pushing this Marxist trash in the seminaries, which is now translating to pastors getting up there preaching white privilege from the pulpit and stupid stuff like that. So you can blame some of it on that, yeah. But some of it also is I don't want to make excuses for us. You don't like to make excuses for bad behavior, but there are reasons for things. A lot of it is, too. It was really easy to be a Christian in the United States of America. It's the predominant religion here. It's safe. There are people around the world to this day, this Sunday, there are people around the world who very well may die going to church on Sunday for a chance to go uh, gather with other believers and, and read the Bible. In America, it's not like that. It's never been like that. It was our founding religion. So when it's when life is too comfortable, it's easy to get soft. It's easy to get soft when life is too comfortable. It's just a fact. Our Christianity here got soft and was ripe for a takeover, and it got taken over. And it got weak and watered down and pathetic and now stands for nothing. I don't mean all of it. Obviously, there are still some great ones out there. But it just got soft. Because it got soft, it got beaten. Speaking of Israel, why do you think they haven't? Because it's not easy over there. Because everyone wants you dead all around you at all times. So it's not gotten soft. If anything, they've gotten harder over there. Well, we have to fight a war every other day. We have Iran building up nuclear weapons, threatening to nuke us off the map. That It's just different over there. We had, 
We had blessings. Have blessings. Not had. We have blessings. One of those blessings we have enjoyed up to this point in time as a country, as a whole, all of us, we've enjoyed safety here. And don't give me, oh, people die of a, a shooting here, a car wreck. No, I, dying's part of life. I mean, as a nation, as a whole, you don't realize, I don't realize, I don't appreciate enough how nice it is. There's nobody going to be invading us tomorrow. It's simply not possible. We have friends to the north and south and two gigantic oceans on either side of us and the best Navy in the world patrolling those oceans. Or possibly second best at this point in time, depending on what you believe about China. But still, no one's no one's showing up. There are people around the world, to this day, they exist within 20, 30, 40 miles of a border of their country. And they might wake up tomorrow morning with enemy troops storming their home. That's how people live. That's how people have lived. I mean, even countries you would consider modern and civilized. France! How many times have we talked about World War I and World War II and the Thirty Years' War and all the— France has had their borders stormed more times than you can imagine. They've been invaded more than the vice president. But, Chris, it's fine. We can make jokes on the show. Jesse the Sombrero, Shogun Oracle, Man of Steel. Chris, I like that. Please put these bands in order from your favorite to least favorite. I won't hold anything against you, as I already know you're a narcissistic, ego-driven maniac who could care less. Keep up the great work, brother. Yes, you can use my name. His name is Chris He's in Manchester. The Doors, Leonard Skinner, Rolling Stones, Aerosmith, Black Sabbath. All right, I'm going to get out in front of this right now. We're tossing Black Sabbath down to five. That is not... In any way meant to be disrespectful to Black Sabbath. Uh, when I'm grading bands, this is how I grade them. It's the same way I grade actors and, and athletes and things like that. And, and honestly, people who do what I do for a living. Were you good enough for long enough? How good were you and how long were you good? The reason people said, and I, I, I get these nice emails and I do really appreciate them about, oh, you're the next rush. And the reason I come on and say there is no next rush. You can't do it that good for that many years. You can't be entertaining 30 years into the business, entertaining, informative. People are learning. People are enjoying themselves. It's just not something that happens. It's not believable. You don't, you don't pretend like you can just have somebody step up and do it that good for that long. Black Sabbath, I realize Ozzy went on, had a long career. Black Sabbath has like two good songs. Chris, am I out of line there? Maybe three? Okay, that's fair, but not a lot, right? Not a lot. All right, I can already tell. People are yelling at the radio. It's fine. 877-377-4373. I'll rank my bands in a second. Jesse Kelly. Back soon. Northwest retention systems. You see, there is trained and untrained. How many times have I told you that on the show? That you're not going to magically get good with a weapon. 
You're not going to just wake up one day and, well, I'm tough enough so I can shoot now. You are either going to train and get good or you're not going to be good. But if you're one of those types of people who does train, even if it's, you know, a weekend a month at the gun range and you've taken the time, why would you take the time and effort to train yourself, be ready for whatever comes, and then turn around and buy some big box store holster right off the shelf? Get a custom-made piece of American gear at Northwest Retention Systems. Go to nwretention.com. That's nwretention.com. Use the promo code JESSE at checkout. I get you 10% off. It is the world-famous Jesse Kelly Show with me, Sombrero Jesse, 877-377-4373, Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. We got Lee Smith coming up in 11 minutes. Why Russiagate is still so important. But first, I have been given the heavy, heavy task of ranking these five bands. The Doors, Leonard Skinner, Rolling Stone, Aerosmith, Black Sabbath. Black Sabbath's number five. They weren't good enough for long enough. And yes, I have some Black Sabbath jams on my phone. I won't be painted as anti-Black Sabbath. Two. Or number four, I should say. We're ranking them bottom to top. Aerosmith. Yes, Chris. No. Aerosmith, again, They've been around for a long time. See, they're the other part of this. They've been around for a long time. How long have they been good? They had some good old stuff, not a lot of good old stuff. Come on. Yes, I'm putting them above the doors, man. The doors? The doors were incredible. The keyboard, mix it in the keyboard like that. The doors have so many jams. The end, L.A. Woman. I, I, I have, shoot, I think I have 10 doors songs on my phone. I wish we could play the end right now. We're going to be able to do that soon, right? We're going to be able to play. Oh, yeah, we got music coming back to the Jesse Kelly Show. I haven't told you guys about that. Wait, there's an exciting announcement. It's a surprise. I'm not going to tell you. The Doors are awesome. I would expect a heavy dose of The Doors when we get back. Two, Leonard Skinner. Again, not a great length of time. Leonard Skinner has as many great jams in their 30 seconds they were doing rock music before they flew into a mountain as Aerosmith does in 50 years of doing rock and roll. Yes, they do, Chris. No, I haven't gotten to the Stones yet. Pay attention. Stones are number one. Stones are number one. Talk about good enough for long enough. Uh, Rolling Stones best hits. It, it would have to be. It would have to be three CDs. Wait, they don't make CDs anymore. It'd have to be a lot of songs. <laughs> so there you go. There's your list: five Black Sabbath, four Aerosmith, three Doors, two Skinnerd, one Rolling Stones. I did notice you didn't put Led Zeppelin on there. It's your list, not my list. But Led Zeppelin would have been number one on my list. All right. Dr. Jesse, after watching some documentaries, I feel like the well-equipped, swift, brutal German army hopped up on meth should have won World War II. 
Did they lose because of old Uncle Adolf's micromanagement tendencies? Or was it, in, in fact, they were fighting a two-front war? I understand the American economy, manufacturing, and I can't say that word, had a crucial role. But still, what am I missing? Well, you're not missing it. They, they were, look, Germany lost World War II because of Adolf Hitler and no other reason. He, he could not get away from his own insanity. He was drugged out. He was not highly educated on the strategies of war. He had some incredible generals underneath him, but he was not highly educated when it came to strategies of war. And he would overrule the people who were highly educated on the strategies of war. All that... And I still say he probably wins World War II if Adolf Hitler could have just for five seconds not been Adolf Hitler. Meaning, if Hitler would have abandoned the anti-Jewish stuff, which I realize is not believable because that's part of what made him who he is. that's, That's what he believed to his core. But if he could have stopped this bringing death and murder with him everywhere he went he would have had a warmer reception in places like the Soviet Union. The Soviets were not Joseph Stalin fans when Adolf Hitler stormed into there. They weren't. What if Hitler was like, oh, hey, Jews, he, you, that Stalin guy was mean to you, starving you to death? Oh, hey, come on in. Here's some German bratwurst. What I want you to do is let's work together. You work with me. We'll work together. We'll overthrow this dictator And what you're doing as you advance that way through the Soviet Union, instead of stretching out your supply lines, if you're getting all these people on your side as you go, you're strengthening your supply lines. Your supply lines are essentially staying right behind you. That's what's happening. That's why you lost. I I mean, look, and you can make the argument he should have never run into the Soviet Union anyway. Most people say that. But... He saw that as being inevitable. He thought that was his destiny to go conquer that whole place. I, I still say a couple of big mistakes he made that nobody really talks about. One of the biggest ones, maybe as big as invading the Soviet Union, was declaring war on the United States of America. Remember, after the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor. Yeah, Hitler, scumbag, Nazis, America, we hated them. Yes, the Americans... They had no appetite for war with Germany. None. No desire. They were, they were chomping at the bit, frothing at the mouth, mad at Japan for that sucker punch in Pearl Harbor. They were not mad at Germany. They simply were not. And Hitler jumps in just a few days after and says, we declare war on America. What are you doing? Are you an idiot? It doesn't matter that they were joined either. I hear people say that all the time. Well, Japan and Germany had a they they were they had a they had they were uh they were allies. Not really. I mean, yes and no. They didn't help each other. You realize that, right? It's why it's such an odd war. They very much fought in their own theaters. Any help they gave each other was very it was minuscule, absolutely minuscule. They were separate. We would have as a nation, and this made Roosevelt very mad. We would have, as a nation, been very, very happy fighting with Japan and only Japan. And in comes this incompetent boob who's leading leading Germany and says, I declare war on America. Wait, what? Why? We were the world's manufacturing hub back then. Are you out of your mind? I love the stories about 
about Hitler being told by his advisors. They did an analysis of the American economic, you know, engine. How strong was it? How how strong was our manufacturing? What were our manufacturing capabilities? And they they these German guys, so obviously pretty switched on, they come up with these numbers for Hitler, and Hitler and all his guys laughed at them. They mocked them. Okay, idiot, where'd we find this moron? Because he thought there were no way there was no way they could be that high. And they were low numbers. They turned out to be higher than that. There were years in World War II, wrap your mind around this. There were years in World War II when we were churning out Almost 50,000 warplanes a year. You can't, if you're any other part of the world, Germany, Japan, you can't withstand that. You can't, even if, you're, even if your planes are better and stuff, eventually they're going to get damaged and hurt and you need new ones and stuff. We're just putting out brand new stuff every day, churning out aircraft carriers like they're sticks of gum. You can't withstand that. The American economy won World War II, which is another reason why I was screaming so loud about coronavirus and the lockdowns and the economy. I had so many people, friends of mine, yelling at me on day one when I said, do not lock down an economy. You don't stop an economy from moving ever. Are you out of your mind? And yelling at me about, you only care about stocks and things like that. No, I understand what makes this country churn and burn and what won this country not one but two world wars. I mean... I love my boys on the ground with the rifles in their hands, but what won this country two world wars is the manufacturing. It's the economic engine that kept our guys full of bullets and bombs and bandages and food and never lacking for that stuff. Other countries, civilized, advanced countries around the world, they, they can't even relate to what? Your guys never went hungry? Are you serious? You guys never, you never ran out of ammo? <laughs> ran out of ammo? We chuck our supplies in the ocean and make some more. You're the one running out of ammo. That was his big blunder. All right, it's time to talk to Lee Smith. Why does Russiagate still matter? He'll explain. Pure thunderstorm. Do you know how many air purifiers I've had? I was actually thinking about this last night. I think I've had, because they last a year or two, you know, and you always have to replace the filter. Not on the Eden Pure, but on the old ones, you always have to replace the filter. I think I've had six of them. <laughs> I just, I've always had one trying to get out ahead of the allergies and trying to, you know, keep the air as clean as I can in my home. I've never had anything like the Eden Pure, and I've never once had a air purifier that prompted me to go buy more of them. I own three Eden Pure thunderstorms. That's how incredible this thing is. It even kills viruses and bacteria. It kills mold and mildew. It's just you will taste the difference in your air. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. That's EdenPureDeals.com. Use the code word JESSE at checkout for 10 bucks off.
It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and it is my privilege to once again welcome on author of The Permanent Coup, also writes great stuff for the Epic Times, Lee Smith. Lee, Jewish producer Chris and I were having an argument in the break about the merits of deep right. dish pizza versus thin crust pizza. I, in yeah. general, don't understand the deep dish thing. It's way too much yeah. bread. What say you? I mean, I, I was raised in New York City, so, I mean, I, the, under no circumstances could I ever be a deep dish guy, even though I was kidnapped by the Chicago mob and force-fed deep dish pizza for a decade. So I'm, I'm sorry to have to weigh in so, so early against one of your colleagues. But, yeah, that's just, that, that, that's just where I am. That's fine. He needs to put in his place. All right, Lee, Russiagate. <laughs> Why yeah. does Russiagate still matter so much? Yeah, you're exactly right. What you've been saying on social media, what you've been saying on the air, the reason it matters is because no one has paid the price for this, right? It, we, we, we would be able to put this behind us and move forward and look at our law enforcement authorities, the FBI and the Department of Justice. We'd say, look, they cleaned up the rack. They did some really bad things. Spying on a presidential campaign is about as bad as it gets. And as it turns out, this is a much bigger scandal than Watergate. But at least the people who are responsible for this uh, were held accountable. We know that everyone now uh, has been brought back into line. The rule of law does apply in the United States. Thank God. Let's move on and do the important things that we need to do as a country. But since no one has been held accountable, this has effectively incentivized people at, at, at our law enforcement authorities. I mean, the FBI and DOJ, this is what we see is happening with January 6th. These people went from collusion to sedition, just making up different things now to target their political opponents. And because no one paid for Russiagate, this is how we've moved into, this is how America became third world. Lee, how long, how long has this kind of stuff been going on at our federal level? When I say this kind of stuff, I mean, nobody being held to account because it was not always this way. It was not, but it seems like now, I mean, I'm so cynical at this point. I just assume if there's somebody on the left at all in the federal bureaucracy, they're not going down for it. How long has it been like this? I don't know. I mean, that's a really good question. I think that this is the first time, this is the shocking thing. This is the first time all of this stuff has come out in public. First, I mean, I mean, I think a lot of us know we heard rumors that they were misusing these spy warrants, but we all kind of dismissed it. Aside from hard leftist people like Glenn Greenwald and Aaron Maté, everyone dismissed it and said, well, as long as you're not a terrorist, I include myself. So as long as you're not a terrorist, you're fine. Don't, don't try to blow up uh, buildings in downtown Chicago, for instance. You'll be okay. As it turns out, they've been misusing these programs. And now, finally, when they misused it, misused it, criminal activities targeting a presidential campaign. Now, finally, thank God, everyone's paying attention and everyone is focused. The problem is, in spite of the fact that people are focused, nothing has been done about it. So I, I, I agree. When I heard that the FBI was supposedly really investigating Hunter Biden's laptop, I dismissed it and said, no way. That's not happening because, look, no one paid the price for Russiagate. And what's the Hunter Biden story? It's not that Hunter Biden is being investigated. What we know is the man who found out Hunter Biden's laptop, Rudy Giuliani, he's the one who's being investigated by the FBI. So we're in a terrible place right now when the president is using the national police force 
and the, uh, the, the, the national prosecutors, federal prosecutors, to go after people, uh, to go after his family's enemies. It's, it's a really bad place for America to be. Lee, is there a way, because I, I, I don't want to only focus on bad all the time, even though it's really terrible yeah. right now, is there any kind of historical precedent for reversing a system that's become this corrupted and rotted out? Because I'll be honest, man, like when people talk about uh, yeah. Governor DeSantis, maybe he's a great one. Oh, I want him I, to run for president. Half of me doesn't want yeah. him to run for president because I don't think the federal system can be salvaged. Is that is that way right. too cynical? Can it be? Am I wrong? I'm optimistic. We talked about this a bit last time. I'm optimistic that red states, as you've been encouraging people, red states, red areas will become redder. We'll see what happens when when there are more people who stand up like Governor DeSantis. We'll see if it happens in my home state now, South Carolina. We'll see Texas. But the institutions, I'm not sure about the country as a whole. I think as Americans, it's good to stay optimistic. We must. The institutions, though, I don't want to hear anymore about how a lot of the FBI, the, the, the you know, a lot of the FBI guys, the, the frontline guys are stand up characters. I'm like, OK, if they're stand up characters, why has no one stood up? Why is not, why have none of them stood up to root out this corruption? I mean, everything from Hunter Biden's laptop going all the way back to Russiagate. I, I, I mean, I think it's a decisive it's a decisive moment in our history, meaning that Americans need to decide what side they're on. If they want to side with the oligarchy, if they want to side with the regime that's crushing their opponents as though we were living in Venezuela, that's fine. That's where you are. But I don't want you to stand up and say, well, I'm actually a front, I'm actually a stand up guy when you're not standing up for America. Lee, what percentage of the people who are not normally politically involved, you know, the people who decide elections, watch the news for 10 yeah. minutes a day, what percentage of them are waking up? Are they waking up? My understanding, speaking to people who follow this, is my understanding a lot of people are. I mean, I think they really believed, uh, incredibly to me, but they really believed that Joe Biden was a moderate. He was going to govern as a moderate. And now I think they've seen a lot of stuff coming down the pike. And I think they're I think they're appalled. Um, and, so, you know, I mean, look, that's a good thing insofar as insofar as electoral politics are still a a real thing. I think after the I think after 2020, a lot of people, a lot of people threw up their hands, understandably and disgust and said, forget it. But um, so, yeah, I, I mean, again, my understanding from from the professionals I know who watch polls and and, and who follow these things closely, they're optimistic. Okay, so if the if the red states are going to get redder, and, and I see it happening, yeah. I know you see it happening, yeah. and the blue states yeah. are getting bluer. Well, obviously, I, this is what I'm encouraging people to do because I think that's the, where the right. safety is for the right. I also don't necessarily think for the nation as a whole that's a healthy thing, right? That, that right. can't be healthy for the nation, right? Uh, I mean, the way I feel, the way I feel is, you know, I, I I've lived in and highly sectarian societies before. I, I lived in Lebanon for a couple of years, and I see what happens to these societies. Highly sectarian, they wind up going after. They wind up at each other's throats. I mean, frankly, I'm I, I'm not being Pollyanna-ish. I'm being um, extremely. I'm looking at the most at, at the darkest case. And what I really hope is these crazy, sick blue areas, which are entirely uh, broken, which are entirely sectarian. Right? Let the whole intersectional thing break apart and let them go at each other as as much as they want, as long as they want 
and we'll see what happens after they finish off their steel cage match. Let's see if they're ready to live with other Americans again, or if they just want to keep shooting at each other. And so I, 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 I don't know, but I think the vital thing right now is for us to leave them, to leave them to their own devices. The unfortunate and dangerous thing is how much, how many federal institutions these extremely dangerous people control, yeah, regardless of the White House. These are the people who control the FBI. These are the people who control the CIA, as we now see in their, in their social media advertising. You know, just insane nonsense. Lee Smith, everybody. Lee, where can people get more of your stuff, brother? Uh, I, I'm, my, my books, I hope they'll check out my books, Plot Against the President and the Permanent Coup. Hope to have a new one coming out soon. I'm really focused on China. And, you know, I think the big subject is what you keep talking about, what I like to talk about, the internal migration happening in the United States. This is a major, major story, major historical event. Yes, it is. Lee Smith, everyone, you're the best, brother. I appreciate you. Thank you so much, Jesse. Thanks a lot. Have a great day. You too. Okay. Dr. J. Oracle Steele, with charges being dropped on lefty rioters by activist DAs and conservatives having the book thrown at them, How long before people stop letting themselves be arrested? I'm going to talk about that next. The Jesse Kelly Show. I'm not telling you to quit dipping. You have to quit dipping tobacco. Quit dipping tobacco. Why are you dipping tobacco? I'm not doing that to you, and I won't do that to you. You know what's right and what's wrong. What I'm telling you is this. Take that can of chewing tobacco you have, whatever kind you use, and simply replace it with Jake's Mint Chew. Because Jake's Mint Chew is tobacco-free. It's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. You see, you can get rid of that one you have, use Jake's Mint Chew instead, and then you can dip completely guilt-free. And you can come right back at anyone who says, you have to quit and say, why? This isn't even bad for me. It's the way you will quit dipping. Go to jakesmintchew.com. That's Jake's mintchew.com. Use the promo code JESSE at checkout. That gets you 20% off. Jesse Kelly returns next. have what we think is the the strongest election integrity measures in the country. I'm actually going to sign it right here. It's going to take effect. So, there you go. Bill is signed. And here's here's what it does. 
we're making sure we're enforcing voter ID. Look, you have to show uh, a picture ID to do all these other things in society, clearly voting. We're also banning ballot harvesting. We're not going to let political operatives go and get satchels of votes and dump them in some drop box. We're also prohibiting mass mailing of balloting. We've had absentee voting in Florida for a long time. You request a ballot, you get it, and then you can mail it in. But to just indiscriminately send them Yeah, that's uh, right. While well, all the other states are losing their mind. Our boy Heavy D down there in Florida is signing in even tougher voting laws. That's what I'm talking about. All right, back to the question. It is Jesse Kelly on the Jesse Kelly Show. You can find the entire show podcasted after the show is done, by the way, on iHeart, Google, and Spotify. Also on iTunes. On iTunes. Leave a five-star rating and leave a review talking about how handsome I am. We read those great reviews on the air, and they're hysterical. Last time I checked, we were up to like 750 of them or something like that. Chris, what's the number up to now? 773 ratings so far. (laughs) This one's titled, Jesse the Magnificent. Beyond Jesse's stunning good looks and studly voice, his history lessons are informative and engaging. Suggestion on the days you cannot get past his statuesque looks. Listen to the podcast twice. (laughs) This one's titled Jesse's the man. Love your storytelling, your humor, and the fact you're not worried about what others think. Thank you for your service. And you, and you are very handsome from a Marine mom. (laughs) Oh gosh. These people crack me. All right. Back. The email was this. Dr. J Oracle Steele. With the charges being dropped on lefty rioters by activist DAs and conservatives having the book thrown at them, how long before people stop letting themselves be arrested? Feel free to use my name. And he said his name is Richard. Well, Dick, here's the thing. A long time. It's going to take a long time before people take measures that are that drastic. What you're going to see now is not people stopping letting themselves be arrested. What you're going to see is actually what Lee Smith and I just got done talking about. You're simply going to see people move. They're going to move out of places that have these DAs, and they're going to move to red areas where the government at that level, be it a city, county, state, where the government at that level can give them some measure of justice and protection. You are not going to find it at the federal level now. The federal government is completely against you. You are not going to find it in any of these major urban areas, which have gotten not so radical. The, the, the lefties, the hardcore communists, they decided to invest heavily in these DA races. They didn't just run out Republicans. They ran out moderate Democrats, you know, tough-on-crime Democrats in these urban areas. They're flat-out appointing DAs that want to turn, that want to throw open the jails. Just let them all go. That's why I talk about the death spiral of American cities. That's a big, big part of it. Because, honestly, I don't care about your law. What difference does the law make when you have activists deciding they're only going to enforce the laws they like? Who cares about the law? It doesn't matter anymore. 
They enforce what they want to enforce. They don't enforce what they don't want to enforce. And guess what? That magically always ends up being enforcing it against your political opponents and not enforcing it against the people who brought you into office. And that's a ter- look, that's a terrible place to be. I don't ever want to give you the impression I'm thrilled about America's cities going into the tubes because I love cities, man. I love the country too, just as much. I love them all equally. I just I'm one of the very few people who enjoy both. I love New York. I, I love these big cities. I think they're wild and crazy and, and just, just fun. And the food options are great. And it's great, right? So it does me no it it, it does it gives me no pleasure to say the American cities are going downhill. And from a purely patriotic standpoint, I don't like it for my country. I don't like how it looks to the rest of the world that America's major urban areas are absolute rotted filth. But they are. And as of this moment, there is zero indication, and I do mean zero, that that is going to reverse itself. They are going downhill, and they are picking up speed quickly. If you are in one of these places and you have the means to get out, get out. That is not retreating. That is not surrendering. That is what you call choosing your battlefield. You're in one that is not giving you a position to win, so move to a position where you have the ability to win. Don't stay there and get cut off and do us no good whatsoever. It does me no good as someone on the right to have you remain in some major Democrat-run urban hellhole and just get gobbled up where your vote doesn't ever do me any good. Get to a place where it does us some good. Otherwise, you're useless. All right, we have more questions coming up here, including Frito Bandito. Hang on. One forty-five over ninety-two. One eighty over one eleven. One hundred and eighty-two over a hundred, and I had a heart attack and a cardiac arrest, and then a stroke. Your blood pressure numbers could change your life. A lot of people don't understand, including myself, I didn't, now I do, uh, the impact of having a stroke. My memory is shot. When I woke up, I couldn't speak. Lowering your high blood pressure could save you from a heart attack or stroke. If you've stopped your treatment plan, restart it or talk to your doctor about creating one that works better for you. Start taking the right steps at manageyourbp.org. It's a new life, but I'm going to make it better. I'm coming back. Ask your doctor. Check your blood pressure. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. Eight seven seven three seven seven four three seven three. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Keep your Ask Dr. Jesse questions coming. We only have one hour left, and I still have a fat stack of these questions. So what I'm going to do is 
I'm going to try to motor through them a little faster than I normally do for the last hour. What, Chris? I can do it. I can sometimes. I, what happens is sometimes I get distracted, and I'll end up telling a story about something, and then by the time I realize I've gotten sidetracked and come back to the question, we've gobbled up an entire segment. Not anymore, though. I'm turning over a new leaf starting. What? I'm turning over a new leaf starting right now where there will be hyper-focus on the show. It's very serious here on The Jesse Kelly Show. All right. Guy has a problem with his girlfriend. I'll address it. Jesse Kelly returns next. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and we still have an hour left, and I'm going to churn and burn through these now because they're so good. What a fun Ask Dr. Jesse Friday, with the exception of the history story today. If you missed it, the whole show's podcast at iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes, as soon as the show's done, it was a heavy one. I'm warning you, it was a heavy, heavy history story. An important one. It's one I've done before. It's one I will do again. I'm going to try to do it every year, but it was a heavy one. Let's get to your questions. Hello to the all-knowing Oracle and Chris, who doesn't exist. (laughs) I was recently shoe shopping with my girlfriend, and she picks up a pair of Nikes and says, hey, these look nice. I said, absolutely not. I'm not giving money to people who hate me, dump on America, and support Colin Kaepernick's anti-police and anti-America bullcrap. No, she doesn't have a political bone in her body, and she follows zero politics. She actually had to ask me, people on the right are Republicans, right? But my question is, how do I explain these things to her and not come off as some wacky conspiracy guy? Also, screw you for keep on playing that Frito Bandito song. I hear one second of it, and it's in my head all day, just repeating. If I think I could torture someone, I'd play that one repeat. So thanks to, so thanks for that, Mr. Five-Hour Brisket. Apparently, you didn't take any culinary in your almost three years of community college. That's a little unnecessary. And you know what? Here you go. I I am the Frito Bandito. I like Fritos corn chips. I love them, I do. I want Fritos corn chips. Oh, that's beautiful. All right, listen, when it comes to your girlfriend, because I get these questions a lot about, uh, I'm, I'm not sure how to tell my boyfriend about politics, or my girlfriend doesn't care about politics, my wife's not into politics. Hear me out here. You don't have to force it. 
You don't have to force it. It will happen naturally. But with situations like the one we just described. And maybe, just maybe, that person's never going to get into politics at all. And you know what's wrong with that? Nothing. You and I shouldn't make this mistake, because I'll I'll get caught up in this too. We care about these things that are happening in America. We care about them a lot. We know what the stakes of the game are. It is life and death in the end game. These are the highest stakes. That's why we play the political game, right? And so we know the stakes are high. And because we're participating in the most important contest we have right now, we think it's nutso when some guy, some girl we're dating, some dude we're dating, married to, doesn't. How can you not care? What do you mean you don't know? Let it happen. Let it happen. Oftentimes you'll find some of the fiercest political fighters you know didn't get into politics until later on in their life. Let it happen. Let it happen. Headline. Or no, not headline. Email. Oh, Sombrero Steel Oracle. I'm a lifelong Floridian and will verify that Mexican food far surpasses Cuban food. However, we love our Cuban population here in the Sunshine State because they passionately love this country and hate them some dirty commies with the heat of a thousand fiery suns. That counts for a lot and easily excuses the lack of quality tacos. Well, she's absolutely right. She's absolutely right. Cubans are some of the most ferocious freedom fighters you will ever know. And some great people. Their music is awesome. The chicks are dimes. What, Chris? Chris can't excuse the lack of good tacos. That's because Chris is a native Texan. And I will tell you, like we just had my in-laws in town. They just left today. Thank you, Jesus. Anyway, they just left today. But we just had them in town. And so we took them from Ohio. We took them out a bunch to uh, Tex-Mex places. People who live in Texas, they know their Tex-Mex is good. They know their Mexican food is good. They don't fully understand how much better it is than everywhere else in the United States of America. Uh, No matter what, when you travel, I will not eat Mexican food when I travel now. I will not. I have done it several times since I moved to Texas. It is a disappointment every time. Now, you Texans can't do pizza to save your life, so don't knock yourself down patting yourself on the back. But the Mexican food is so unbelievable here. My in-laws, I thought they were going to pass out the first night I took them out to Tex-Mex here. They were like, what in the world? You can tell by the look on their face, They were bewildered that this kind of food, this level of Mexican food existed, and they didn't know about it until they got into their 60s. Like, it is that good here. The salsas and sauces and cheeses and, oh, oh gosh, it's so good. All right, anyway, continuing. Don't get me distracted, Chris. Love the show. I've got my kids listening to the history sections during our homeschool sessions every day, and they find the segment totally engrossing. I love that. They also think you're hysterically funny, and walk around the house singing the Frito Bandito jingle on the regular. <laughs> Thanks for everything you do. That's awesome. Again, I will always do a show you can listen to with your kids. That is not because I am a good person. I am a bad person. I am. You go be better than me. I'm a bad person. I've never pretended otherwise. It's because I have kids. My boys are 12 and 10. And I'm so freaking sick of having to turn off radio, 
turn off TV. You can't let them watch anything without supervising them anymore. And then them having getting blasted with something you don't want them to hear or consume. I will never do that to you. You can leave the radio on when uh, when you run in the store and leave your kids in the car irresponsibly, which we all do. Don't act like you don't. Oh, wise one. You know, speaking of which, leaving your kids in the car, mine are old enough now. They're 10 and 12. The nice part about having boys, one thing I appreciate about having boys and that would have driven me nuts about having girls is my boys are not only boys, they're big because I'm so big. You know, I'm 6'8". I'm so my boys are huge. Your boys get to an age, get to a size where they're not really kidnappable anymore. And look, you don't understand, Chris, because you don't have kids. When you're a parent, you think about that a lot. Like my kids have always got, and they still do, if, if they have to use a restroom route to eat, I make them go together. No, you will go together. Buddy system everywhere. You don't go to a bathroom by yourself. You don't, you, you stick together. You get to a point now, my kids are. My kids know how to use firearms, and they're willing to use firearms. And I've actually had the thought before where now, because I will, I'll leave them in my truck. Obviously, the truck's locked, but they're in there with a weapon, you know, while I run in the gas station, grab your beer or something like that. Something responsible. What, Chris? And I've actually had the thought. I know it's kind of sick. What if someone tries to break in? He's going to die. My sons will absolutely just start shooting. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you do, don't try to come for my kids. I'm serious. These they have they have no discretion at this point in time. You're better off trying to kidnap me. All right, back to my email. Oh, wise one. The article below is one of the many reasons I left New York State a year and a half ago. It's gone. Even in the more rural areas, I just wish my son could escape the red state. I love your show regularly, and I'm a huge fan but prefer the podcast to your TV show because your dashing good looks hurt my eyes. You're just too handsome for the average person to handle. What, Chris? Sorry she's being honest. I look forward to many more years of your truth, community college wisdom, and humor. Feel free to use my name if I'm honored enough to have you share this on your program. Her name is Hillary. Ow! I just got a huge paper cut. Her name's Hillary with one L. Chris, that's all. That's going to be a bleeder. Oh, dang it. Dang it. Look, we have to go to break now. I can't guarantee I'll be back. It's bleeding like that. Hang on, maybe for the last time. Truth, attitude, Jesse Kelly. You should see how cool my concealed carry holster is. And I, I've had a lot of concealed carry holsters. I, I'm always trying to adjust this or adjust that based on what, what I think is effective and what I think is comfortable. But man, you look at these things from Northwest Retention Systems, they are just simply awesome. Have I told you about the belt system they have yet? Okay, what I want you to do is I want you to go to nwretention.com and I want you to look at their belt system and how it integrates with their holsters, with their custom-made holsters. Remember, all these things are custom-made right here in America. 
They have thought through the whole concealed carry game. Their best seller is this scout chest holster. You guys who wear the button-up shirts, take a look at that. Go to nwretention.com. That's nwretention.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. That gets you 10% off. Missed out? Catch up. jessekellyshow.com It is the Jesse Kelly Show, 877-377-4373. I am very, very proud to admit I was able to stop the bleeding on my paper cut during the break. What, Chris? You don't know first aid. I applied pressure. I stopped the bleeding. I think I'll be okay. I'm seeing stars. No guarantees. No guarantees. Chris, do you have this? I, 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 saw, I see this stuff all the time now. And I, see, I seriously just crack up because you can see how all this is going to play out. You can easily see how all this is going to play out. I should note the audio for this that I'm about to play you, absolutely terrible. If there was ever an audio recording that was done inside of a microwave, it would sound something like this. Um, it's, we have variants. Variants are going to continue to appear as this disease circulates. And we may have to be inoculating essentially the entire population of the world Every six to 12 months indefinitely. Inoculating the entire population of the world every six to 12 months indefinitely? Come on. You can't see the game by now. You can't see the financial boondoggle this is by now. Notice how nobody's saying, go get sunshine and exercise. It's weird how nobody's saying that. That's right. That's that's funny because we have, well, we have almost a year of this thing, and we we clearly see who's affected and who's not affected, and it's you know people with pre-existing lung conditions and and older, over extremely older people over eighty, and then and then people who are obese. Now you know, I've never ever and will never point fingers at somebody struggling with their weight. Say, hey, get, get, you're too fat. Now, that's that, do people are built differently? Some bodies are built fat. Some bodies are built skinny. I'm not worried about that. But if you're obese, you are at risk of coronavirus. If you're not, you're not. Ah, uh, that's the science. So why aren't all the doctors saying go exercise and get some sunshine? Because there's a huge vitamin D deficiency in the people who struggle with it, too. I will tell you, I have told you what you do as far as the vaccine goes is your business. I don't judge either way. You got one, fine. You didn't get one, fine. I told you I'm not getting one, and I gave you the reasons why. I, I just, I'm not personally at risk of, at, of, of perishing from coronavirus. I'm not getting vaccinated for something I'm not at risk for. I think that's flatly absurd. But you do what you do. That's totally fine. But I I haven't done nothing. I get more sunshine now than I used to. Now, I always tried to get some anyway. But now, just randomly, sun sun comes out. I'll go out, take my shirt off. Not to brag. It pays to advertise. I'll go out, take my shirt off. Five, ten minutes. Soak up some rice. 
If I if I'm doing a workout I can do outside, sometimes I'll do it outside. Soak up some rice, get some more vitamin D. It's not like I've done nothing. There are things you can do that don't involve obeying everything the government says, like some sheep. All right, moving on. Doctor, supply lines aren't sexy, Jesse. Your job in this Ask Dr. Jesse question, should you be brave enough to take it on, is to make a hypothetical war film about logistics and make it sexy or interesting. How would you do it? Which war slash battle would you pick? In my opinion, this is a no-brainer. No-brainer. One, my top answer for this question. I'll read the question to you again because you're going to want to pay attention here. Make a hypothetical war film about logistics and make it sexy or interesting. How would you do it? Which war slash battle would you pick? One, my number one answer for this, you will have to wait until Monday to find out. Hint, hint, wink, wink. I will tell you on Monday. My number two answer is this, and I just did this on the fly. This is what it's like having such a huge brain like I do. What, Chris? This is what it's like having a huge brain that just works at at hyperspeeds. You know what I would do? I would do the story of a bullet that was made in Germany. And obviously you're going to do some people who are around the bullet, but you're going to focus on one bullet. I would do a story of a bullet that was made in Germany, sent across the vast expanse of the Soviet Union, airlifted into men who were stuck in Stalingrad. Remember that battle? We've done a couple on it. The Battle of Stalingrad where the Nazis were eventually surrounded and they're in one little pocket in Stalingrad and the only way to supply and resupply them is crossing goods clear across the Soviet Union and then airdropping goods into them and have this bullet airdropped into Stalingrad for Stalingrad fighting and then have the guy being one of the rare guys... The guy who gets the bullet being one of the the very rare guys who was able to be wounded and get loaded onto a plane and get out of Stalingrad. Not many guys made it out of there. And that would be my story. And it would be so epic. You know, I always knew I'd be a great filmmaker, Chris. What? I just started filmmaking five minutes ago and I'm already dominating the game. Dr. Jesse, I want you to imagine something. People are using my own lines on me, Chris. I want you to imagine something. I want you to imagine you are popular conservative talk show host. Well, that's not our doom. Oh, in Botswana. Chris, find out where Botswana is. It sounds African. You previously served in the, mili- in the Botswana military, and you consider yourself to be a Botswanan patriot. You have never been to America before and don't have any close ties to America. You are also a student of history. With these things considered, as a student of history with no ties to America, how would you objectively respond to this question? Who is objectively more likely to be the global superpower for the second half of the 21st century, America or China? Also, do you think America can realistically compete with China over the course of this century? Oh, it's China all day. It's China all day. They um, they do not have a completely communist-controlled economy because they were at least smart enough to figure out that's suicide. So they have this weird hybrid capitalist-slash-communist thing 
which isn't nearly as good as our more capitalistic system, but our capitalistic system now, it's so it's it's so regulated, it's drowning in so much debt, and more than anything else, China has a billion people, and some are forced, some aren't, but in general, a patriotic place. A patriotic place. I have said this before on the show. I will say it again because it's 100% true. If a Chinese division landed on the beaches of San Diego five minutes from now and began sacking the city and then working their way east across the United States of America, in five to ten minutes, you would have major news organizations in this country running news stories on it in defense of China. You would. You think that sounds crazy? It's not crazy. It's 100% true. If we were invaded, half the country would be cheering about it. You cannot, no matter left, right, top, bottom, no matter what you are, long-term, history says you cannot survive as a nation like that. Patriotism is not a, a, a hokey thing you talk about on 4th of July, something you roll your eyes at. It is a necessary ingredient for the future of a country. You cannot survive if half the people hate the place. And there's a specific reason for that. When you love your country, it creates in you this this obligation, this duty to your country to make it better, to protect it, to treasure it, which is necessary for it to have a future. When deep down you hate it, shoot, you feel an obligation to trash it. Let alone no obligation to protect it. Protect it? Why would I protect an evil, racist, sexist place? That's our problem. That's our problem. All right. I have to get punched in the face by Mike Mike Tyson. Next. Hang on. How difficult it is to set up this Eden Pure Thunderstorm air purifier. I mean, you're not going to believe this. You know how difficult it is? You have to take it out of the box, walk over to your outlet, and plug it in. I'm not making it up. There's not a separate step. That's that's all you have to do. It's that easy. You simply plug it in. And I would recommend, just from a personal level, because I've experienced this before, I'd recommend walk over, plug it in, and then leave that room, leave that area for an hour or two, just so you can experience the difference when you walk back into that room. I, when I walked back into my home after the first time I'd plugged it in, I could taste how clean the air was. This thing will change your life. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. That's EdenPureDeals.com. Use the code word JESSE at checkout. That gets you 10 bucks off. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. I am still alive from that paper cut incident 20 minutes earlier. I do feel myself fading away a little bit from the blood loss, but I'm trying to replenish. What? I'm trying to replenish with salts and waters and things like that right now. I just have to get through two more segments and do one last show, Chris, before it's time to move on to that 
to that great land in the sky. 877-377-4373. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Maybe the funnest country in the world to pronounce is Azerbaijan. Mainly because I screw it up all the time. Well, some guy sat down with their president, or some lady, some lady sat down with their president, <laughs> and apparently, apparently he was asking some pretty pointed questions, and ouch. We have millions of people on Facebook. How can you say that we don't have free media? This is, a, again, a biased approach. This is an attempt to create a perception in Western audience about Azerbaijan. We have opposition. We have NGOs. We have uh, free political activity. We have free media. We have uh, freedom of speech. But if you raise this question, can I ask you also one? How do you uh, assess what happened to Mr. Assange? Is it a reflection of free media in your country? We're not here to discuss no, my let's country. Discuss. No, let's discuss. No, President In order Aliyev. to accuse me, saying that Armenians will not have free uh, media here, let's talk about Assange. How many years, sorry, how many years he spent in Ecuadorian embassy? And for what? And where is he now? For journalistic activity. You kept that person hostage, actually killing him morally and physically. You did it, not us. Oh, that hurts. (laughs) That hurts. That hurts. And you know, he's not wrong. He's not necessarily wrong, right? And I'm not one of these Julian Assange fans, but don't tell me about free media. I mean, the sad part is that's where we're going. That's where we're headed. And you know what else drives me crazy? Speaking of comparing us to other places, for a long time, a long time, we did have a moral high ground. It was better here. Than other places. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Oh, America's the same as that. No, no, no. America did it better. More free, more charitable, just a just a better country. And what do you see now when you look at the news? Let's say it's a, a, a bad part of the world. Something you consider to be a bad part of the world. Maybe a country where the, the, the women are treated like crap, like, like second-class citizens. And you look at them and you think to yourself, Those freaking barbarians. I wish those people over there could be free. In fact, I bet all the people in that country, I bet they look at America and they say to themselves, oh, I would do anything to go to America. Do you want to know the truth of it? Because I've been to these places and I've talked to some of these people. The truth of it is, those people, they look over here and they see child drag queens on Good Morning America. And they say the exact same thing about us that we say about them. Look at those barbarians. I bet those people over there would love to come to a more moral country like ours. Don't make the mistake of thinking that our cultural rot doesn't have a major effect on how the world looks at us. The the, the communists spent years lecturing all their people about those capitalists They have moral decay. Watch their society rot out from underneath them. And maybe the most bitter pill to swallow is that's the only thing the communists were ever right about. Look at us now. Look at us now. Mr. Anti-Brisket Dr. Oracle Steele. 
Could you please help me get the answer to the biggest decision of my life? Would you rather get punched in the face bare knuckle by Mike Tyson in his prime or hit in the head with a hockey stick by Wayne Gretzky? My opinion is you'll die either way, so which way would be a more honorable death? Love the show, and can you give a shout-out to my sons, Ryder, Rocco, and Renzo? Shout-out to the boys there for you. Um, and his name was Eric. I would want to get punched out by Mike Tyson. There's something about, look, like you said, you're going to die no matter what. Either way, you're going to die. No, don't say I don't know, Chris. Chris thinks the hockey stick would break nobody. Your, your skull's going to break, too. The hockey stick might break, but your skull's going to break. And with Mike Tyson, you're definitely dead. Definitely dead. That's not that bad of a death, right? That's not that bad. Look, for one, if we're look, if we're just going to get down to the nitty-gritty of this, it's instant. No matter what, it's instant. And Mike Tyson was such a phenom back in the day. You can be the guy Mike Tyson killed. At least you're remembered. I mean, look, how many of us are going to be remembered after our death? What? We still remember when he bit off Evander Holyfield's ear. How much more would you be remembered if he punched your head off your shoulders? I say Mike Tyson. All right, we have more. Dear Dr. Shogun Steel Sombrero, I appreciate your expounding on the grotesqueness of flats, but could you please spare a minute to warn against the dangers of women wearing bangs? Maybe two women on the planet look good with bangs. One was Uma Thurman in Pulp Fiction. I haven't found the other one yet. Please keep doing what you're doing. Chris, are bangs ugly? I guess I never thought about it. I, I, I guess I never really thought about it. They, I guess they probably are. I don't think bangs are that much of a problem. I'll t- Uma Thurman pulled them off. I'll tell you, I think Asian women pull them off really well. Right? Am I wrong about that? I think Asian women pull them off absolutely well. Yeah, you know what? I disagree. I disagree. Dear Dr. Steel J. Oracle Sombrero, fast food aficionado. Am I the only one who sees the story on South Carolina bringing back the firing squad as an act of mercy? I, by the way, for those not aware, South Carolina just passed a law. I don't know if the governor signed it yet, but I know their legislature passed a law to bring back the firing squad as a method of execution instead of just lethal injection. Anyway, this guy goes on. The thought of being strapped down to a cold steel table, having a needle shoved into my veins, and watching the liquid work way through the plastic tube while someone is reading my last rites sounds worse than drowning. If I'm on death row, I'll take a blindfold and a cigarette a thousand times before even looking at that vaccination table. (laughs) Am I alone on this? If you were on death row, and for this hypothetical scenario, we'll assume you've earned it, what method of execution would you pick and why? If this makes the year, I'd be honored if you used my name. Semper Fidelis and keep it on the gas. Of course, Nate. Um, well, one thing I definitely wouldn't choose is the gas chamber. Have you ever looked into how we used to gas people? I don't know if we still do that anymore, but our gas chamber, you sit in this little pod, or at least you used to sit in this little pod, and they would have a, uh, a cup of liquid underneath the chair you're strapped to. And above the cup of liquid, they would have something holding, I believe it was cyanide tablets. And uh, someone would, would pull a lever and it would drop the tablets into this little uh, uh, cup underneath your chair. And it would slowly fill with this toxic gas. 
Well, dying by getting gassed is not instant, and it is not pleasant at all. They used to tell the prisoners all the time to hold their breath as long as possible, so that way when you breathe out and breathe back in, you'll breathe back in everything all at once and die faster. So it definitely wouldn't be gas. Lethal injection would be fairly painless, I think, as long as they don't screw it up. But they've screwed it up because they screw up the chemical compounds a couple times. And guys have not died right away, and it's been bad. I think firing squad sounds kind of cool. Oh, not hanging, Chris. No, not hanging because if they don't break your neck, you suffocate to death. But not hanging, no. Chris says if you knew it was done right. Well, buddy, we're dealing with the reality. You can't know it's going to be done right. Firing squad, nobody lives through firing squad. They put you up there and they paint a big mark on your chest where your heart is and like 10 guys open up on you. You're going to die and you're going to die very, very quickly. Probably not painlessly, but it ain't going to last long. You're going to be out real, real quick. Firing squad would be cool, but hear me out on this. And I understand the dangers involved in possibly having a painful death. What about the electric chair? It's intimidating. It doesn't look pleasant. I get that. It doesn't look pleasant. But the, the the term they have for it, ride the lightning, how cool is that? I'm going to ride the lightning. That's sweet. What, Chris? Jesse, I'm a mom of five. Like most kids, they never stop asking questions, especially about history. I'm always searching for honest books about America's history that neither candy coats nor paints our nation as evil. Can you point me towards another author or source worth having on my shelf? <sighs> yeah, I'll be honest with you. I don't know if I can. It's really, really, really difficult because so much of modern history is twisted into the America's evil narrative. It's one of the reasons why I was asked the other day, can you tell me the history podcast you listen to? And I didn't want to blast them by name, but so many of the ones I listen to are horrible. They're horrible for that reason. Oh, this is why we're so evil. This is yet another thing we screwed up. It's just really, really bad out there. Uh, I will say this. Focus on history books that were written pre-1990, pre-1980. I'm not saying you want to go ancient with them. But definitely go older. Go 20 or 30 years older. Those ones are a lot less America sucks than the ones that are written now. Focus on the day on the day they're written, the year they're written. Dr. Jesse, who makes better knives, the Germans or the Japanese? Japan's been doing it longer than Germany. Not that I fault German engineering, but... Japan's been doing it longer than Germany. My buddy Luis has a set of his steak knives are these Japanese knives are these custom made Japanese knives. What, Chris? Well, I'm talking about basic kitchen knives, Chris. But obviously, we're going to also have a, a samurai katana in here at some point in time. I'm, you think I'm kidding? We are. But these Japanese kitchen knives, my buddy Luis has, they never have to be sharpened again. That's absurd. That's absurd. What? Chris says it's a lot. You know what, Chris? Just because you people don't know how to make knives doesn't mean Japanese people don't know how to make knives. All right. Dr. Oracle Jesse, this is going to sound a little arrogant, and I don't mean it to, but, you know, 
I'm one of these women you've talked about before who was unattractive as a young girl, so I had to develop a personality. She goes on to say she blossomed into a dime, found herself a hunky marine devil dog like yourself, she says. Now I have a little toddler girl, and she's already beautiful and going to be a stunner. I'm sure with a dime of a mom and a marine as a dad, the girl's probably going to be a dime. I'm struggling with how to ensure she develops a personality. I'm planning to homeschool her. However, I believe attractiveness matters, especially for women. She's not going to have the same childhood I did in this regard. How do I ensure she's not just a plaything? Okay, I, I actually do have a suggestion on this. Hang on. I'll tell you how to deal with your beautiful daughter. Hey, Dad, your prescription will be ready in just a minute. Hey, Dad, your laundry will be ready in just a minute. Dad, your lunch will be ready in just a minute. Hey, honey, why don't you take a minute? When you help care for a loved one, you give them as much time as you can, making sure they're safe and comfortable. But it's just as important that you take some time for yourself. At AARP, we can help with information and useful tips on how you can maintain a healthy life balance, care for your own physical and mental well-being, and manage the challenges of caring for a loved one. Because the better care you take of yourself, the better care you can provide for your loved one. Thanks, Dad. Thank you. You're there for them. We're here for you. Find free care guides to support you and your loved one at aarp.org caregiving. That's aarp.org caregiving public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. It is the Jesse Kelly show on an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. We're down to one final segment, which is heartbreaking. 877-377-4373, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. The question was, it was from a dime. She was ugly when she was young, so now she's a dime with a personality. Because remember, all of us are only as good as we have to be. That's why the dumb blonde jokes took off. It's not a blonde thing. It's a when you're a young dime. You don't have to develop a sense of humor. You don't have to develop these things because life's handed to you anyway. That's the way it is. It's better, I believe, for women and men to be a little bit uglier earlier. Look, I, I'll do the same thing for men. I, guys who were you know, superstar athletes from the sixth grade on always had the prettiest girl on their arm. Those are oftentimes some of the dullest human beings on the planet. Have you seen our professional athletes? Have you heard most of, most of these guys? Do they seem like sharp, well-read individuals? No, they're morons. Why? Well, it's not because of anything else that they could be morons. You don't have to do anything else to get the grades, to get the girl, to get the – so you don't have to develop it. You, though, you're worried about your daughter developing a personality. You don't have to be. She's already going to develop a personality because you're worried about it. You won't hand her things there, and you'll homeschool her, which means the people she hangs out with will be other parents who are purposeful about your kids. Your daughter is going to be just fine.
dear wearer of the sombrero, keeper of the queso, and bandito of knowledge, Chris. I know you're not a conspiracy theorist and don't wear the proverbial tinfoil hat, but let me ask. Do you think there's even a vague possibility that the incidents of mass shootings have anything at all to do with the increase in vaccines being given in 2021? Or is it attributed to the fact that collective mental health of this country has spiraled downward out of control over the years? Thanks. No, I don't, I, I, I don't have any knowledge of this, but no, I don't think it has anything to do with the vaccines. It absolutely has to do with the mental health. You have a couple things that have happened. You spent a, a, the last year carpet bombing the mental health of a nation, running uh, blue-collar people out of their jobs, and you took away the cops in these cities. That's going to end up with more shootings, more twisted up people. Hang on. We'll do one more question. Jake's Mint Chew is made in the USA. I, I talk to you a lot about Jake's Mint Chew and quitting dipping and things like that, but I don't think I emphasize that enough. How long have I been talking to you about you and I being more purposeful with how we spend our money, with where we spend our money, with where we don't spend our money? Well, there are a lot of options out there to try to quit dipping. None of them, one, work as well as Jake's Mint Chew, and two, they're not made in America. Jake's Mint Chew is. And it will allow you to keep dipping, only dip Jake's Mint Chew instead because it's tobacco-free, it's nicotine-free. This stuff is even sugar-free. Your bubble gum isn't sugar-free. Go to jakesmintchew.com. Whether you're trying to quit dipping or you have a loved one trying to quit dipping, jakesmintchew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE when you do that, J-E-S-S-E, for 20% off. Dear Shogun, I present to you perhaps the most divisive matchup you've ever had to answer for Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Who made better good old-fashioned Western movies, Clint Eastwood or John Wayne? Get serious with this absurd question. John Wayne. Don't bring that Clint Eastwood stuff here. And I like Clint Eastwood. I like Clint Eastwood's Westerns. He's not in the same league as John Wayne. Not in the same league. I grew up watching all of them. El Dorado and Big Jake and the Cowboys and the Sons of Katie Elder. Shoot, the Green Berets. I know it wasn't a Western, but who didn't love that movie? John Wayne was America, baby. (laughs) Enjoy your weekend this weekend. I told you it was going to be a fun day. You might want to get yourself ready for Monday. That's all.
Jesse Kelly Show. Newton Group Transfer. They are here to help you if you're stuck in a timeshare. These stories from people who have these timeshares and can't get out of them, they're shocking. These timeshare companies, not all of them, but so many, they get their hooks into you and you can't give them up. You can't give them up or they'll, they'll do things like they charge you thousands of dollars. One girl, she got past her timeshare when her mother passed away. She gets past the timeshare, doesn't want the timeshare, doesn't use the timeshare. They tell her she can get out of it for $4,000. She has to come up with a $4,000 check. This is not right. It's unjust. And Newton Group Transfers is here to help you. If you are in a timeshare and want out or know someone who is, call 888-845-3773. That's 888-84-JESSE. Or go to timesharejesse.com. Newton Group Transfer. They will help you out. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event. So give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B with an ocean view. An endless field of wildflowers. Or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save. With a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit kia.com to learn more. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.